Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. Saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code RTFP. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. 18 plus 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligible restrictions apply. Voidware prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You look at that, and the one thing I'll be curious about whenever it does get done is how many years are they signing up for? Because that will be crucial here. What Burrow said this week was pretty important that he wants, you know, to help out the team. Maybe that means he will go for longer years. So it's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I would never do that. It is a monster Monday. Presented, of course, by DraftKings. It's a new week here for all of the Ross Tucker Media podcasts. We will have the College Draft podcast as well on a Monday. We're going over every NFC North draft pick. So if you're into the draft, if you're into college football, and especially if you're into the NFC North, you must listen or watch the College Draft podcast. Really fired up, by the way, about today's guest because I follow him on social media. And he's on top of things. And, you know, we've got Memorial Day weekend coming up. It's sort of like the quote-unquote slow time in the NFL. But he had an article recently which reminded me there's still a bunch of topics that we need to be aware of over the next couple months before training camp starts. New week means new winners. We have at least three winners every week on our family of shows. We have a spread the word winner, someone that – via social media, retweets or likes or shares or whatever on Instagram or Facebook, Twitter, or even TikTok, at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod. The sponsor confirmation email winner, they take care of one of our sponsors because those are the people that take care of us, whether it's West Shore Home or Game Time or Labatt or HBO Max. we got a bunch of awesome ones. DraftKings, obviously. And then the YouTube shout-out's cool because it's someone that subscribes to our YouTube. More and more people are doing that, by the way. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Even if you just want to see the, the shorts, the highlight clips of the other show. Really excited to talk to Ari and go in-depth on some of these off-season storylines because they are significant. But first... I want to make sure you guys know the app you should literally check every week. It's the Game Time app. I'm a huge fan. They guarantee to have the lowest price. Guarantee it. So what I do is I pull it up and I'll type in like 
Philadelphia or Baltimore or even Hershey Park Stadium, which I live near. Post Malone, July 25th, $67. That's not bad for Post Malone. And then how about this? The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So just download the game time app, create an account. Here's what's even better. If you use code Ross, you get $20 off your first purchase. So Post Malone's not $67. It's $47. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Ross for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. I've been looking forward to this one. We've been DMing back and forth over the last week or so after I read his awesome article on the biggest off-season topics over the next couple months during the quote-unquote slow time. He's Ari Merov, who you need to follow on social media, at MySportsUpdate, does an unbelievable job for the 33rd team, and now he joins us here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. All right, I think this is your second time on. Really appreciate it. Good to see you again. Well, great to see you, Ross. It is the second time. And, you know, this is the quiet portion of the offseason. The NFL tries to create events. Of course, we had the schedule release just last week. They try to hype up, you know, the OTA videos where there's no one wearing pads and the Madden ratings have become a thing. So um, they're going to try to keep the conversation going. But um, we're entering that portion where there's not as much going on. Right. Which is where you come in because your article at the 33rd team kind of reminded me, okay, there are some there are some big things happening over the next couple months that, you know, people start going to the beach or summer vacations. And, you know, there is a downtime in the NFL from like mid-June to mid-July, but there's still business going on, um, including – some potential quarterback extensions because we've seen uh, Joe Burrow talking about it recently. Uh, Maybe not as much Justin Herbert, but now that Hertz and Lamar Jackson have gotten done, are you expecting Herbert and Burrow already to both get deals done before the season or not necessarily? Yeah, I mean, I would imagine both of them get done here. You know, whenever with these quarterbacks, it's become a bit of the norm that after year three, if you think you have your quarterback and he is going to be the guy for the next, you know, 10, 15 years, you get the contract done as early as possible, simply because, first of all, you know he's the guy. But secondly, the quarterback market always goes up and the salary cap always goes up. So get the deal done as early as possible, like Josh Allen did. Um like Patrick Mahomes did. If you have the guy, get it done. And that's really what they're working on. The entire offseason entering this thing, there were the four quarterbacks who had to get paid. And I kind of had a feeling there was going to be a chance where there might be some waiting game going on. Because as you know, Ross, they always, you know, the other one, other one wants to top each other. So we got Hurts done first. Then Lamar went a million dollars more than him per year. And now the other two are left. But I'm curious to see who ends up going first. And more importantly, really, the thing about them, what makes it more interesting is that they both have two years left on their contracts while Hertz had one year left and Lamar had none left. So whatever they end up signing, 
if it's a four-year deal, it's really a six-year deal. If it's a five-year deal, it's really a seven-year deal. And because, like I mentioned, the cap keeps on going up and the quarterback market always goes up, you don't want to sign for too many years because eventually that contract looks a bit outdated. Look at Patrick Mahomes. He signed a 10-year deal, really a 12-year deal because he had two years left. He's already number seven in terms of average annual value. After these two guys get done, he'll be at number nine. So you look at that, and the one thing I'll be curious about whenever it does get done is how many years are they signing up for? Because that will be crucial here. What Burrow said this week was pretty important that he wants you know, to help out the team. Maybe that means he will go for longer years. So that element of whenever the contract gets done will be interesting to see what ends up happening. That's a good point. And I am curious, Ari, to your point about which one of them goes first because there is this kind of leapfrog thing where the one guy always tops the other guy, but it shouldn't be the case where Herbert gets more than Burrow. So does Burrow wait till Herbert gets it done to make sure he gets more? Or are the Chargers waiting for the Bengals to get it done with Burrow? So in their mind, that becomes the ceiling for Herbert, you know? Yeah, I'd imagine there's a bit of a, a staring match going on over here. Both these guys do have different agencies, and that could be part of it. But I think we both probably agree Burrow has accomplished more so far, and he probably will be the one who ends up on top once it all gets done. Um, that's the way I look at it. I know Burrow's agent is the same agent as, let's just say, a guy like Joey Bosa, who, of course, is on the Chargers. But both these teams are family-owned businesses. So when it comes to the idea of these type of contracts, it gets very interesting with um how much they want to give up front. So I remember with Joey Bosa, for example, who I said has the same agent as Burrow, he literally took every possible ounce uh, of a deal from that team. And if you remember, um, Ross, it literally went down to the final day before training camp started. So um, I could see Burrow ending up taking his time over here because of the agency that, that he has and the way they've historically done deals. Okay, so you mentioned Mahomes being, you know, seventh in average per year, the long contract. Um, I can't even remember how many years into it he is at this point, but do you think that the Chiefs will adjust it this offseason? Yeah, I mean, he has, I believe, nine years left on his contract. And when he signed that deal, I mean, he knew what he was signing up for. I mean, like, he became the highest-paid quarterback at the time, $45 million per year. Ross, if you remember, that was during the COVID offseason. So all these teams were like, we don't have ca- cash on hand, you know, so it's better if you do a long-term deal or whatever. So if you look at the overall deal that um, that he ended up doing – his cash flow over the first three years, which is what he's played so far, has been about $63, $64 million. So he's been making $21 million per year in cash over these last three years where he's getting the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game. He's getting them to the Super Bowl and winning the big game. And all these other quarterbacks have surpassed him in a big way. Look at Lamar's deal. Lamar is making $80 million just in year one. You know, Mahomes made $63 million over the last three years. So his contract is a very, very team-friendly contract, and the Chiefs have taken advantage of it. They, Because of that deal, they were able to extend, um, you know, Chris Jones, extend Travis Kelsey, bring in other players, and as a result, they've been winning. And, you know, the thing about it is that, you know, people are talking about his contract. As of up until now, Mahomes has not made a big fuss about it. So really, the Chiefs don't have to do anything with it. They could keep it the way it is. The one thing that I kind of proposed in the article was more because right now he's seventh in terms of average annual value and eventually he'll be ninth. Maybe they just tack on more cash somewhere in that nine years left just to bring the average up so it's back up to par. And of course, they could keep on doing all the cab maneuvering with 
the way they've been doing up until now. So that was kind of my proposed idea, but they could also just do nothing, keep it the way it is. Patrick is making a lot of money off the field and let's just keep on winning while having all this flexibility um, with Patrick's contract. So um, there are two different ways of this, but for now, Patrick has not done anything publicly that tells us that they're going to have to do something. So um, this is one to watch after Burrow and Herbert get paid. What about the guys on the franchise tag? I, I forget. I know it's Barkley and Pollard. Who is it? And do you think they get done? Because running back in particular is tough. Yeah, so we have Barkley with the Giants, Jacobs with the Raiders, Pollard with the Cowboys, and then Evan Ingram, the tight end with the Jaguars. The one negotiation that has had at least optimism to eventually get done is probably Evan Ingram with the Jaguars. Both sides have kind of made it clear. We're talking, we're discussing. He was he had an amazing year in his first year with Trevor Lawrence, with Doug Peterson, and they want to get something done there. We know in this league, Ross, deadline spur action. Deadline this year is July 17th. So we still have two more months really until something must get done there. The other three are really interesting because they are running backs. And the, the one that's most interesting is going to be really Saquon Barkley, who his negotiation with the Giants has been a very on and off one. It's been at times rocky. And, you know, there was a press conference, I believe, right before the draft where Giants GM Joe Shane basically did not want to answer any questions about the topic. He basically said we have not talked in a couple of months. So I look at Joe Shane in particular with the Giants. He came from Buffalo. And you look at the Bills and their history with Brandon Bean. They've always drafted running backs in round two, three, four, whether it was James Cook, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. They always wanted to get those running backs in those middle rounds, use them on those cheap contracts, and take advantage of it. So I've always wondered, are the Giants going to be that team where they're going to pay big money to a running back who has played five full years in the NFL already. And we know the running backs, eventually the tread on the tire ends up falling off. And Saquon has had injuries in his career. So that could be part of the concern over there and why that one is probably the most interesting one. Pollard, historically, the Cowboys have always taken franchise tags to the final day, the final week, really, whether it's Des Bryant, um, Dak Prescott, Tone, um, there was um, um, Demarcus Lawrence. They've always taken it to the end, whether it gets done or it doesn't get done. And then Josh Jacobs with the Raiders, it's been kind of quiet there, and it's kind of difficult to figure out exactly what's going on. So there's two more months left, but um, those are the four situations right now. Got it. Well, uh, during those two months, I'll be enjoying a bunch of Labatt Blue Lights, Ari, uh, because I don't really care about these guys' contracts. I do care about the beer that I'm drinking with friends and living life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so Ari, it doesn't make any sense to me that DeAndre Hopkins would play for the Cardinals this year. I mean, they're not going to be a good team. We don't know when Kyler's going to play. They're stockpiling draft picks for next year. I mean, he's going to get traded at some point, right? Or maybe not. 
Yeah, I mean, I think everyone around the league thought he would get traded this offseason. And the Cardinals, with this new regime, Monty Austin for Jonathan Gannon, gave him permission to seek a trade on his own with his agent, who he had hired this offseason, because previously he was actually representing himself. And over the course of two, three months, they were never able to find a trade partner, in large part because of his contract. DeAndre is owed $19.45 million in base salary this season, and no team was willing to take on the full contract plus give up a round two, three, four pick to Arizona. So that was really the holdup. And I think DeAndre kind of realized that as of right now, if no one's trading for me, the only place where I'm making my full contract is in Arizona. Now, of course, we're going to eventually have more time go by. The training camp will come around, for example. I mean, the, the reality is injuries do happen in places. And as you mentioned, Arizona is not really planning to be a competitive team this year. We saw what they did in the draft, the way they added a, an extra one and extra three. So would they be willing to eat some of the contract? Would DeAndre be willing to take a pay cut somewhere in order to facilitate the trade? And for Arizona to add another pick into their treasure chest for 2024, where they are loaded with pick so i i do think eventually something could end up happening it's hard to envision him playing for arizona but if no team is willing to step up in terms of the contract i think deandre realized and that's why he put that instagram post saying that you know i'm back in arizona was simply because he realizes right now the only place he's making nearly 20 million dollars is with the cardinals so he's gonna wait it out and i guess we'll you know the cardinals are perfectly fine with that because the season doesn't start until september what about ari brock purdy because I'm really interested in this. You know, you see some reports, it's going well. He'll be ready for training camp. But then Kyle Shanahan had this quote after the schedule came out that I'm glad we're not playing at Philly week one. I'm glad it's week 13 because I want to have our whole team there. And we didn't feel like we had that the last time. To me, that was a real like, wait, what? Who's not going to be there week one? Like, why would you say that? That, that made me think, they're not expecting Brock Purdy to play in the opener. Yeah, I don't think they're really sure yet. And let me explain why. When Brock had the surgery, I believe it was around March 9th, March 10th, basically the 49ers were told it's a six-month recovery, but we'll know for sure where he's at and we'll have real clarity after three months. So that's coming up in June. And that's when they'll really know where he is in his recovery and when he'll be ready. So that's really the sticking point right now is to figure out where Brock Purdy is. But Entering this offseason, um, going back to the combine in Indianapolis, there was this talk going around and rumblings that there might be a quarterback trade that nobody's ready for. And the belief was it's going to be Trey Lance in San Francisco. And eventually, a week before the draft, we get this report out there that um, the 49ers are willing to try to do a trade. And my belief is that simply was put out there because the 49ers' first pick in the draft was number 100. Could we possibly get something for Trey Lance where we're picking a little bit higher in this draft? And clearly, nobody stepped forward with an offer. So it's pretty clear the 49ers are moving forward with Brock Purdy as their quarterback, and they signed Sam Darnold to be the guy behind him. And Ross, I don't know if you realize this, but the Sam Darnold contract was a one-year deal for $4.5 million, but there's upside in there up until $11.5 million if he's playing and on the field. So clearly they believe in him as somebody who could play 
if Brock is not ready for the start of the season. So once that June period comes along and we have real clarity on when Brock is going to play, if they get the green light that they're hoping for of his recovery, what ends up happening with Trey Lance really becomes interesting. They don't have to trade him. It might be the smart thing just to carry all three quarterbacks this year after seeing what happened last year. But as a team that needs a quarterback come training camp and something happens and Brock is good to go and he'll be ready to go around September, then what happens with Trey Lance becomes a bigger story over here. It's a really good point because then what is he third string? Maybe they can trade him then. Maybe they uh, can get something for him. Maybe there's an injury somewhere else. Uh, it's interesting. I wonder, do you think, Ari, did you hear anything? Were there any teams interested in him? I mean, obviously they tried. There had to be somebody that maybe kicked the tires a little bit. Well, there's multiple teams around the NFL who have the San Francisco branch, basically, because, you know, former GMs and former coaches. That was um, Houston with D'Amico Ryans. There was Tennessee with their new GM, Rand Carthon. Um, Minnesota with Quasi Adolfo Mensa. All those guys have worked previously in San Francisco, and they were there when they drafted Trey Lance. And two of those teams so far ended up taking quarterbacks with Stroud and Levis. And then Minnesota right now has Kirk Cousins with one year left on his contract, and they haven't had much talks on an extension. So the one team I've consistently thought about is Minnesota. Trey Lance in, grew up in Minnesota. He played in North Dakota State, which is right next door to Minnesota. So that's the one team that I've you know consistently thought about. They didn't draft a quarterback in the draft, of course, even though people thought they might. So um, I'm not really sure which team it would be, but from when looking around the NFL right now and the situations with quarterbacks, the Vikings are the one that really sticks out to me. Check him out on social media at my sports update on Twitter. Absolutely invaluable. One of the 74 Twitter accounts I follow is my man Ari Mayrov at my sports update. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. Keep up the great work at the 33rd team, man. That was an awesome article. Popped up on my feed. I was like, yes, I want to know what I need to be worried about the next couple months. Thank you, Ari. Thanks for us. Great being on. Exactly what I was hoping to get from our guy, Ari. That was absolutely perfect. Now I feel like we've set the table, right, for the next couple months before training camp starts. It's May 22nd. July 22nd is when some of the rookies will be reporting to training camp. Gross, by the way. Absolutely gross. Um, Speaking of gross, some of you guys, and I know this for a fact because I was one of them, you've got those old like fiberglass tub shower all-in-one deals? No, 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 no. There's so much better. Think about this. You shower or bathe every day. You look at it every day when you're getting ready for your day, probably multiple times a day. It's time for an upgrade. I did it. You should too. It's called West Shore Home. In one day, which is insane to me now that I know what other things take and cost and all that stuff, they completely tore out our two old baths and replaced them with a beautiful new shower in the girls' room and a fresh new bath in our other room. Unbelievable. We didn't have to take like several days off of work. We didn't, oh, they're coming again. Oh, they, didn't, they weren't able to finish. No, no, no. In and out one day. What's cool for you guys is right now you can get free installation on a new shower or bath replacement with West Shore Home when you go to my special page, westshorehome.com slash Ross. So you can see the before and after for my house, my personal house, my showers, 
my old fiberglass tubs that are now awesome, westshorehome.com slash Ross. When you schedule a free estimate, you qualify for free installation for a limited time. Again, westshorehome.com slash Ross. Why not at least go to that website and check it out? Tux Takes. All right, Ross. We'll start with Jets defensive end Carl Lawson agreed to a reworked deal. It guarantees him $8 million instead of the $15 million non-guaranteed that he was scheduled to make. I think that's kind of a good deal, right? The Jets still wanted him around, but they have enough depth at the end now that they weren't going to pay him $15 million. And Carl has some upside with some incentives, but can at least lock in and guarantee $8 million? Man, you got to do that because I don't know what he would have gotten on the open market. Mitchell Trubisky is getting a contract extension in Pittsburgh through 2025 that lowers his cap number. This I thought was kind of interesting, Jack. I mean, to lock in three years, presumably as Kenny Pickett's backup, I I mean, it feels a little bit like Trubisky's kind of waving the white flag on being a starter, but... Maybe he likes Pittsburgh. He's happy there. They like him. and Or maybe he doesn't think Pickett's that great and thinks that he'll have another chance. I think that's a very interesting contract extension for Trubisky in Pittsburgh. To, to lock yourself up for three years, most backup types don't do that. A few roster moves around the league. Texans signed defensive end Jacob Martin back, and they released tight end Eric Tomlinson. Raiders signed offensive lineman Greg Van Roten, and free agent cornerback Kevin King tore his Achilles, unfortunately, while working out. Jacob Martin's always been a solid edge rusher. I like that move. Uh, I, I guess they got some other tight ends. They didn't need Tomlinson. Van Roten is an Ivy League guy from Penn, and he's kind of my role when I was a player. You know, he can play center or guard. He's got sev- a bunch of starts at both. He's had a really nice career. And then Kevin King, that's brutal because he's a free agent. So if you tear your Achilles working on your own, he gets nothing, Jack. He gets $0.00 and zero cents for this season. If he was on a team and tore his Achilles, he'd get paid his whole salary. I mean, that is a huge difference. That's one reason, by the way, why some guys do sign with teams earlier. Now, other guys want to wait till training camp, whatever, but that's, you know, then then the injury risk is on you. Some sad news out of Cleveland. NFL Hall of Famer Jim Brown passed away at the age of 87. He did, and I'm going to make this uh, my Labatt Blue Light uh, take of the week. The pristine Canadian Pilsner, enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. It's funny because growing up, I would say to my grandpa, you know, he was a big football guy. Pop, pop, who's the best football player ever? And he would say, you mean other than Jim Brown? Like, in his mind, there was no conversation, no debate, and it was laughable to say anyone other than Jim Brown. So it got me thinking about this over the weekend. Obviously, Jim Brown, man among boys. Jerry Rice, I think, has a really good argument based on his ridiculous career. And I think Tom Brady. I mean, obviously, Tom Brady with all the Super Bowls and his longevity and all that. Those are the three guys that jump out to me, I think, have a strong argument as being the best football player ever. I guess I'm kind of curious if I'm missing anybody, let me know on social media or anywhere else. If I am, 
Other than that, please check out the College Draft Podcast. I think you'll love it. And I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. Make sure to also go to MyFrontPageStory.com for not only the best anniversary gift ever, because I know a lot of people have anniversary these times of the year, but the best Father's Day gift as well, which will be here before you know it. Father's Day gets a short shift, man, because it's after Mother's Day. There's like a big lead up to Mother's Day, and then Father's Day is like, oh, yeah, crap, it's Father's Day. MyFrontPageStory.com. How about BackOffTheSchedule.com? Evergreen Economics? Go-Bangles.com? SteakhouseSports.com? HumanHeadNYC.com? Sportaculture and the delicious Pizza Boy Brewing. Now we're definitely done here, Jack.